And we welcome you into a Tuesday edition of Morning Drive, ESPN 1025. The game, great to have you in here for the next four hours. Nick Braden, D-Mace, and Marquise with you on a Tuesday loaded show today as we continue on with a lot of the fallout from the Tennessee Titans and also everything that transpired yesterday in Titans world. Uh, and don't forget, we did not yesterday because yesterday was just a complete Titan show. We will get to the Vols. We will get to Derek Mason and Vandy. Uh, the Preds back in action tonight. So a little bit more of a well-rounded show today, but still certainly plenty of Titans. Uh, but I'm just going to you know, t- kind of take a step back here, slide my chair on out, put my feet up, and uh, <laughs> let my two cohorts go at it for the uh, Gall Mason Bowl last night. I, I, got, I, got, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> my mom and dad, listen, mom and dad. Love I you blame all. them right now. That's fine. I blame both of them. You both are, of them. Listen, you are. I am. I, I welcome that. I want to soak in that 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 hateful bathwater that you're pouring for mm-hmm. me over there because you're you're right. M- mom and dad. My mom and dad go on this trip almost every year. Uh, occasionally, they take m- my brother and I with just my dad, and we say, "Mom, you're not invited." Uh, <laughs> occasionally, every three or four years, we do that. <laughs> you go to a Wisconsin game on Saturday. You go to a Badger game or a Packer game on Sunday. It's 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 our northern exposure trip, is what uh-huh. we call it in the family. And and we get up there, and so mom and dad it was homecoming, and dad loves homecoming parade on Friday night on State Street in Madison, Wisconsin. Every every time he goes, that's like his thing. He's getting older, so his his interests are getting more boring by the day. Um, so we go and they beat Michigan State thirty-eight to nothing, mm-hmm. which is one of the worst losses of the Mark D'Antonio era. He yeah. takes it, he takes it out on reporters. I believe he called a reporter a dumbass. He said that was a dumbass question. I believe. I believe. Yeah, which is <laughs> probably was pretty rude uh, of his. It there, was well. There's no. No, reason, it was a dumb question. There's no reason for a head coach who makes millions of dollars to berate basically young adults who make $25,000. Anyway. Tough skin. So 38 nothing, uh, Sparty. Um, go green. And so my parents then travel back to the hotel in Milwaukee. Then they drive up to Green Bay. I get, I started, I've get. gotten maybe 15 photos from mom and dad over the last three days. Living their best life. Almost all of them enjoy, involve alcohol. They FaceTimed my daughters during dinner time yesterday from a tailgate outside of Lambeau. And my dad holds the phone up. The phone up. And he starts screaming, go Packers. <laughs> and everybody around him starts going, woo, go Packers. And my daughters are like looking at this like, what is going on? So they were at the tailgate yesterday for about eight hours. So I have no idea what their state of mind was was, was last night. But basically, my parents ripped the heart and soul out of Derek Mason's family. <laughs> Michigan yeah. State destroyed on Saturday. The Detroit Lions I mean, I don't know what you can say. Be better, Detroit. You know, Green, Green Bay five and stay, one. Stay classy, Wisconsin. Five, stay classy. Five. Listen, the UP now belongs to us. We've beaten Central Michigan. We've beaten. Oh, we've wow. beaten the Lions. We've beaten. Uh, we've beaten Michigan State. We've beaten Michigan. Uh, basically, the state of state of Wisconsin has taken control of the Upper Peninsula. Stay classy, Wisconsin. Stay classy. Derek, do you think anyone that listens to our show knows what the Upper Peninsula is? Exactly. No. The Upper Peninsula is a giant piece of land that's attached to Wisconsin, but somehow got given to Michigan. Yeah, we took it. We, we just straight up took it. Well, we got it back this weekend <laughs> after beating everyone from the state of Michigan. Mace, you going to take this abuse? So go, hey, man, go Packers. It was it, first place in the NFC, baby. I mean, the Lions are in last place now because of the refs. It was just a uh, 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 because epic, of Aaron Rodgers. It was an epic thievery. <laughs> it was the fix was in yesterday. Oh, the fix was in. I, I can't about. say the fix was so much in, 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 in um, 
in, <laughs> Madison. in Madison. I can't say the fix was in in Madison. It was the refs. <laughs> we lost 38 nothing because the refs. It was the refs. They did it all. They spotted him 21 points. Um, but this game, this game in Green Bay, that was a travesty. That was that was malpractice. That was officiating malpractice. I know. Why can't the Lions cover anybody? That was, that was one of those deals where, you know, these men and a few women, um, but in particular tonight, last night, these men get paid a lot of money to to do a job at a level that not many can do it. And if you want the players to to play at that level in regards to um, penalties, just like the penalty the 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 safety got um, for a, hitting the helmet, he didn't even hit him with his helmet. I don't think he went down to intercept the ball and the other guy went down. How is he supposed to avoid that? I don't know what you're talking about, but you're, you're expected. You're expecting players to, to kind of walk that thin line and to play at such a perfect, um, such perfect and precision, um, you know, movement. Then you don't, you don't expect, or you don't, you know, you don't accept or expect the same thing, not accept, but expect the same thing from um, from the from the officials. And yeah, you can say, well, he was slightly behind them, and maybe that. No, if you can't see it, don't throw it. If you're not sure, if you cannot see it, and you're not sure, don't throw it. Are, are you talking about helmet to helmet stuff? No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the uh, hands, to, hands the to the face. face. If yeah. you can't see it, I didn't, then I didn't, don't I didn't. assume it was a hand to the face because the big guy is being pushed back. Yeah, and I, his didn't, hand I didn't is notice. Go back. I didn't notice those plays. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you did. Didn't see them happen. Yeah, I'm pretty sure didn't. No, no Green Bay Packers saw there was, those two plays. There was oh, a three couple, plays. There was bad penalties on oh, hands to the face. Definitely, definitely. Oh. That crew should be suspended. Maybe kick. A, maybe don't kick field goals, Lions fans. That crew should be suspended. Okay, they cost the Detroit Lions an opportunity to win that game. You get the pass interference. At at worst, you get a field goal because that puts you at like the twenty something. At worst, you so get a field goal. You still win, and you and the Lions still win. Well, no, the Packers were going to kick no. a field goal e- anyway. No, but the Lions so. would have been up six points instead of. So they, would five kicked, so, so they would have cooked six field goals instead of, and seven field but goals. But it don't matter. They would have got the scoring. three points. Okay, I'm just and saying. And then they would have been forced to kick a <laughs> – they would have been forced to punt the ball rather than the next play. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers does Aaron Rodgers things and put it into a, a basically the eye of a needle and the receiver catches it. There was no bad penalties here. These are not the bad penalties you're looking These for. These are rough. I tell you, man. They, their names Look. should be plastered across <laughs> across the, the well, internet. I mean, ju- just All admit right. it. The referees had the Packers on the money line. All they right. did. Let, let's, let's, be, let's be, okay, I'll be fair and honest now instead of, you I'm, know. I'm straight up very Condescending. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very yeah, uh, um I'm I'm what's the coach name uh, for the Lions? Um, Patricia. Matt yeah, I'm Patricia. Patricia. I'm Matt Patricia right now. Um, so there are two terrible calls on the hands of the Three. face on Trey on Trey Flowers. There, there are two terrible calls. Um, one of them now, the, the Aaron Rodgers touchdown pass is one of the greatest throws I've ever seen any human make ever in the history of football. So stop that if you want to win. Uh, it's a terrible. No, he doesn't ter- throw that pass. If, I, I agree. If, if it's, it's set, it's a bad call. I hate winning games on bad calls. I also don't blame referees for winning and losing games. Uh, it was a, there were two terrible calls. The second Three. one, 
they still would have kicked the field goal and won the game. So the second call, now that would have given the Lions about a minute and a half of time left. Exactly. So Stafford, who basically went up and down the field most of the night, probably would have had a good opportunity to get his team into field goal range. Here's the problem. When you go up and down the field all night and you dominate a defense, a very good Packers defense, and you do- and this goes for every team. This goes for the Vols. This goes for Bama. This goes for, although they wouldn't make all the field goals, this goes for all the teams in all of football. If you are going up and down the field on somebody, you cannot finish all of your drives and field goals and, and expect not for a Hall of Famer to make a comeback at some point. Like, it, it's just, it's just you have to score touchdowns to win games. And the Lions kicked five field goals. If you're into the red zone that many times, you got to finish drives. They, they could have put the Packers away in the first quarter, and they didn't. So, again, terrible calls. I totally agree with you, man. I, I hate winning games like that, but I'll take it. Um, but but at the same time, football is this big confluence of 150 plays, and you've got game, you've got other moments of the game where you could have won the game, and you, you shouldn't allow it to get to the point where a refs make a bad call, right? You should put somebody away, and the Lions they went up and down the field. Give Stafford a lot of credit. He they they look very different on offense this year. I don't know what it is, but they are a far more efficient group, and they, and and maybe it's because he's spreading the ball around. I don't know, but they went up and down the field, and they didn't score touchdowns. They, they've kicked five field goals, and if you just scored one more touchdown instead of five field goals, you probably win the game, and then you don't have to let a bad call dictate the outcome of a game. Yeah, I mean, to, to your point, and I agree with you from the standpoint of when you settle for field goals constantly against a great offense or a great player or a Hall of Famer like Aaron Rodgers, it, it's a recipe for a loss. Seven's greater than three, and you got you got to get seven more often than not. Like, let's go LSU-Bama, right? Like, you guys have been on your LSU-Bama thing all year. If LSU, who has shown that they can go up and down the field on everybody, right, on, on a really good Florida defense this past weekend, if they go up and down the field on Bama and they settle for four or five field goals in the red zone, they're not going to win. You're, you're going to lose to Tua and those receivers because but you're you, going to have to score touchdowns. But you don't expect. Well, of course e- not. Even, if, even because both teams are there to do a job. And whether you get, yes, you, yes, you would rather seven than three. But you put points on the board, and you never, ever during a, during a the course of a game think that a bad call, not just one, but three bad calls could potentially cost you the game. Now, the last call, it didn't cost them the game, but it did cost them an opportunity to get the ball back. Right. The pass interference, I think, cost them three points. And then the the first hands to the face it was basically it, a it was basically a, a five-point swing. It was a turnover. It, yeah, basically yeah. a turnover because they would have had to punt. Yeah. And then it would the Lions would have took up at least two minutes of the clock, and then they would have been able to kick the ball away. Now, who's to say what Aaron Rodgers would have did after that? I right, don't know. Right. But you never, you never go through a course of the game and say, regardless of – if you're if you've gotten three instead of seven, you never go through the course of a game thinking as a head coach or a player that what the refs what the refs will do will directly cost you a game, and it directly costs you. It's not like Saints Rams though. No, no, it's, it's, it's not. It's not like that. It's more egregious because there's, there's sitting, one play. No, and one play decided. No, but but even with the Saints and the Rams, they had an opportunity. To come back and, and, and win that game, the Lions didn't have an opportunity. They didn't have no opportunity. They didn't have a chance to come back I, and try yeah, to win the game. It's, it's so sad. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. I'm just. I'm really. I'm really uh, broken up about it. So Derek. you know what? I'm really I, broken I, up I'm, about I'm it. I'm saying down to the refs right now. But but it does go. I will say this. Like go to Georgia and go to Georgia and South Carolina over the weekend. 
you know, Georgia's game-tying drive, the 13-play 96-yard drive that Jake Fromm led to tie the game against South Carolina, 17-17, there's a lot of complaining about the holding call on one of the final plays that, that gave Georgia another first down on fourth down. It was a ticky-tack foul. It was probably a penalty. It should have been called. But people are screaming, oh, the refs gave that one. The, the, the refs are in the SEC bag. They're trying to keep Georgia alive for the playoff. And I'm going, well, what about the interception that Jake Fromm threw where it clearly hit the ground and the refs called it the other direction. I mean, just bad calls happen, and they go both ways over time. Your team's going to get some bad calls. Your team's on the right side of history. Well, the Lions didn't get no calls. And yesterday. your team's going to be on the bad side of calls, and that's just the way football goes. You have, If you're a coach, I guarantee you I know what their message is, which is don't allow the refs to play that big of a role. C- create the situation where you go and win the game. And they had those chances, and they didn't. It doesn't mean they weren't bad calls. They were terrible calls. And I'll take the win any way I can get it. Five, five and one in the NFC. Lost in all of this with the Packers being five and one. Matt Lafleur. Now you look at this guy. Twenty seventeen with the Rams. Twenty nineteen with the Packers. You know, a stop with Nashville in between. I don't know. Personnel kind of matters, doesn't it? Yeah, quarterbacks matters a lot. Um, did you see offensive line? Well, you were you were asleep, um, Kale. But his post game. Talk to the guys in the locker room was just the worst. He's not Matt Lafleur. Yeah, he's not. He, he never should. He should never ever say anything in front. Just a little boy. Yeah. Well, but he's, no, he's a he's a he's a calculator. Like yeah, he's just calculators little, don't give good hey guys, speeches. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, we beat big was, guys. Was, we beat little guys. Yeah, that's, basically, right. that's basically how you want. We'll beat them in New England. We'll beat them anywhere. <laughs> determinate. We're the we determinators. Did, you got to be determinated. We're the determinate. We are determinated. Uh, I do think that, like, I always wonder about like Mike Leach's like pregame and postgame speeches because, like. The, the the genius like analytics nerds they're not exactly the hellfire and brimstone like rue rah rah leader of men type um, they'll, now they'll give much better answers at press, con- press conferences than Mike Vrabel but it's you know the the football coachy guy right Vrabel is very different from the analytics nerd guy Matt Lafleur they just have very different skill sets Vrabel probably gives a great pregame speech we can beat him in Wisconsin we can beat him in Detroit we can beat him in New England we can beat him anywhere guys we gotta be determinated Jesus that's Lafleur that's pretty funny actually <laughs> alright speaking of Vrabel we will get to him coming up at 6.30 this morning it is morning drive we are live from the wholesaling studio powered by rumbleon.com but when we come back LeBron James flat out hypocrite if you missed it overnight stay there we're back after this. We all talk about this freedom of speech. Yes, we all do have freedom of speech, but at times there are ramifications for the negative that can happen um, when you're not thinking about others and only you're only thinking about yourself. So um, I don't believe uh, I don't want to get into a, a word, a word or sentence uh, feud with Daryl, um, with Daryl uh, Morey, but I believe he wasn't educated on on, on the situation at hand, and um, and he spoke and. Uh, so many people uh, could have been harmed, um, not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, so just be careful what we what we tweet and we say and what we do, even though, yes, we do have freedom of speech, but there can be um, a lot of negative that comes with that, too. All right, it is Morning Drive. Welcome back in. That was LeBron James, who I believe was one of the guys who spearheaded the whole movement of, no, we're not just going to shut up and dribble we have freedom of speech, and we're going to use it. Uh, that comes off very hypocritical, right? 
LeBron what? need to shut up and dribble. That's what he needs to do. I mean, now. he does have a moniker should, that's more than an athlete. Should, should we explain this entire thing, the situation first, at least before? Because well, I, I, I want to let you yeah, go on LeBron, but yeah, I think people need to understand. You explain what's going on in China because it's not good, and yeah, uh, and it's just. So the Cliff Notes version of this is there's a protest in Hong Kong because Hong Kong is governed with slightly different rules than mainland China, and the people of Hong Kong do not want to be extradited for criminal behavior to the Chinese government because when you get extradited to the Chinese government legal yeah. system, you disappear for forever. Like, that's it. Like, you just are gone. That's, that's why Like that, the Titans offensive line. Exactly. It might actually be in a prison in China. In mm-hmm. fact, they've made movies about, I think, prisons in China. So this is why this is such a huge human rights, you know, pro-democracy kind of thing. The President of the United States has not said a single word about this. Most Western countries are not doing much at all to protect these protesters against a massive, massive army. So that's sort of the gist of the situation. Um, there's been, there's been, you know, what happens with protests, right? You have yeah. police people and you have protesters and they're, they're clashing. Sometimes it can get violent. Reporters are having to wear, like, helmets and flak jacks at, like, press conferences. Flak jackets? Flak jacks? Flat, flap, flapjack flap is a pancake, jacket. I think. Flat jackets. <laughs> uh, uh, bulletproof vests. Yeah, that's just bulletproof vests. <laughs> bulletproof vests and helmets at press conferences to ask questions about anything. So journalists are scared for their lives as well as protesters. So that's the gist of what's happening in China. What has happened is, you know, the, the Houston Rockets owner sent a tweet basically saying, "Hey, fight for freedom. We're we're, we're rooting for you." Not a lot of people have stood up to China in this in this discussion, except for this Houston Rockets owner. Um, who sent a tweet. He then had to pull the tweet down, and the NBA's had to do all this stuff. All of this is tied to the fact that the TV rights, the digital distribution rights for the NBA in China is worth about $1.4 billion, and the marketplace itself called NBA China. It's mm-hmm. like an NBA China wing of the NBA is generates about $4 billion in profits. It's a huge market for the NBA. There are stores and retailers and companies that are now no longer broadcasting games because some slappy sent a tweet, which is ridiculous, and now we get to LeBron last night saying that the guy who sent the tweet is not educated um, and, and a variety of other things that you just heard. So that's sort of the setup for what's taking place in China. It's a very complicated issue. I don't expect everybody to, to understand. Well, it. LeBron must not be educated either because for him to make such a statement means he's not educated on what's going on in China. And maybe he doesn't even care because as long as he doesn't say anything about it, as long as the NBA stay hush on this – the money continues to come in, even though China have, you know, s- sort of put a pause on some of the relationships in regards to the NBA. They basically got the NBA by a throw hold, uh, a chokehold, and the NBA is at the mercy of China right now. And that is just that's unthinkable um, that a sports um, entity can be so reliant on a foreign country that you see injustice going on and you can't and won't say anything and if someone does say anything you got to backtrack and then you know do the pipelines tell everyone hey listen don't say anything because it, it messes with the bottom line i get the bottom line i understand it but yet and still it the old adage is adage is if you can't stand up for, you can't stand up for something you'll fall for anything well the nba lebron you've basically failed. 
And I don't want to hear, you know, after this, because once it settles down, you know, something happened here in the U.S. and LeBron and his, his, his cronies will stand up and talk about how much of a, you know, we're more than just athletes. Well, if you are, if you talk, if you want, if you want to talk about being Ali and, 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 and in that mode, you want to talk about being, you know, like the, like the, uh, I think it was the 60, the 60, the Olympics of 60. The LA, Los Angeles. Yeah. Where the, 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 the runners, fist, yeah, the where fist. the runners, yeah. you know, you know, after going on a podium, they put on that black glove and they, and they, and they rose their hand because of what was going on here. And it cost them, literally, it cost them yeah. a lot. It cost same Ali. Kaepernick. Yeah, it cost Ali a lot. It cost Kaepernick a lot. LeBron and the rest of you cronies, it ain't costing y'all nothing. Because the minute you feel it's going to cost you something, you're going to do exactly what LeBron did yesterday and make some foolish-ass statement because he's not educated. And, and it, you're, so, you're better off just saying, you know what? I, I don't want to get yeah. no comment on this. This is a very sticky situation. No comment. But, but isn't this on. isn't this classic LeBron James passive aggressive? And also from the standpoint of like self control and ego, because LeBron's always been about himself and his bottom line. From from leaving Cleveland to Miami to Miami back to Cleveland to L.A. to the show with the decision to this that and the other see, thing. It's always about LeBron. See, and, and but I don't have a problem with any of that stuff. None of that stuff is hypocritical. None of that stuff like. People aren't going to die because he decides to go no. to Cleveland. If LeBron, LeBron has the power to shed light on something that needs to be illuminated, right? This, well, when, all, when a lot of his shoes are being made over there. And, and again, this is so transparent. That is the problem I have with the NBA and LeBron and everybody else. It's so transparently about your business relationship, which again, I understand. And just say it. Just I, say right, it. I understand that that's complicated. I'd rather hear LeBron James duck the question and completely ignore it than to actively spread mis- misinformation. Y- you are not educated on this, LeBron. And, and so here, here's... Here's my thing with with the NBA, and this is just sort of a general commentary, and I I put this out on Twitter in a thread last week. Regardless of what side of an issue you are, what we have learned about PR and messaging in 2019 is that you being, when you are unapologetically authentic, it plays a lot well. It plays a lot better Mm -hmm. than when you're like in this middle and you're waffling and you're like this wet noodle in the center of everything, right? Like either be for something really strongly or be against something really strongly. Mm -hmm. And in the PR world, that really works. It works for Republicans. It's it can work for Democrats. It it, it, It just works in general. It it works to be forceful and authentic and genuine and unapologetic. It worked. It's why. and, And again, I'm not trying to get into politics here, but it's why. The Democrats had the biggest win in the House in 2018 in, in 50 years because they were unapologetically messaging the, to the right people. And the Republicans do a great job of this. But the NBA has been this thing, right, that unapologetically supports its athletes' ability to have freedom of expression and speech. Mm-hmm. It is what's made them popular. This this sort of pure stance on, you know, we, we have athletes who are human beings who have opinions and are free to express those opinions, and we support them in that ability to express their – they're the only league in America that does that. Mm-hmm. The NFL sure as hell doesn't do it. So the NBA has built its popularity in some, in some cases on this exact principle, and now you're facing an authoritarian dictatorship and, and government that is oppressing people's human rights, and you have the opportunity to be the international business leader on this. The NBA could step up and say – we are not going to accept this because the NBA has leverage too. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you say China's got them by the throat. I think it's. I think they have each other by the throat because the NBA. You know how you know how popular NBA games are in China. Oh, they're and if, very. And if they start taking NBA games off TV in China, China 
they're they're going to be pissed. The people are going to be pissed that they're not watching their games. So the NBA could say, you know what, we're going to pay, we're, don't don't broadcast our games. See how long your fans like it. And and so there could be this standoff between these two. But if if you're going to have it, if they, if you're going to have the standoff, do what's right and be unapologetic about it. And the NBA instead is bending over to take it from China. They are saying, you know what, our money is more important yeah. than than these people's human rights. All of these leagues are. Pretty much sellouts for the dollar. Yeah. I mean, whether it's the NBA in China, the NFL playing on a Thursday night game and saying it's, oh, we're worried about player safety when the reality is it's another chance to be on network television and create revenue. Major League Baseball playing baseball games in the playoffs at 4 o'clock. Do you think they care about playing at 4 o'clock when Fox has given them all that money? Well, mm-hmm. and, and, and what makes this more important than any other time is that it's the beginning of this confrontation, right? Yeah. If you allow, this is like, this is like a, a, a 10, 10 year olds on the playground. If you let the bully bully you the first day of school and let him bully you the second day of school and let him bully you the third day of school, he ain't going to stop bullying you. Mm-hmm. And so if you allow China to dictate your business practices, did you guys see that there were people kicked out of an American arena? Did mm. you see that? that there, were, there, were U- there were people in a U.S. basketball arena uh-huh. holding up signs that were like, free Hong Kong, free Hong Kong. And American, an American company kicked out. American fans from an American building because they had signs that said free Hong Kong. You can't get in the way of $1.4 yeah. billion. Which, which means that they are allowed... Think about this. The NBA is allowing another country to dictate what happens in their buildings in America. That is absurd. I just don't, want to, absurd. I just don't want to hear anything else from LeBron now. I mean, that whole his whole social justice stand... It went down the drain with the water that I let out yesterday in my sink. <laughs> you in the market for a new NBA team now? No, I still no, like no, I still li- Lakers. It's Anthony Davis <laughs> now. Switch from LeBron Jure to the Unibrow? Yeah, just Whoa, to, to the Brown, LeBron Jure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just he's lost. And, <laughs> and I've, edible? And I've said this before. <laughs> sometimes, just sometimes, we give people uh, of of stature and, 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 and fame and notoriety we give them we give them a pass too much we don't hold their feet to the fire no one's going to hold lebron's feet to the fire they're going to they're going to say well he's just they're going to make every excuse for him twitter crushed him last night but i'm saying his cronies they're going to make oh, every yeah, excuse for, sure. for him for sure and by the way it was philly nick it was in philly where, where you're allowed to boo santa claus and throw ice at, and didn't somebody vomit on a kid one time, mm-hmm, probably. Like, this is what you can do in Philly, but you can't hold up a sign that says "Free Hong Kong." Now you see why I moved here. You, you're kicked out. This is an, an American citizen kicked out of an American sporting event at an American city, and China is dictating that. You got to stand up to these people now. If you don't, they're just going to keep pushing you around. It's absurd. Speaking of notoriety and fame and a platform that we just discussed with LeBron James. We got to get to Titans head coach Mike Vrabel because I thought Vrabel was out of line yesterday in his response to one question. We'll get into that when we come back. It's Morning Drive. A lot of Titans talk coming up next here on Morning Drive. Welcome back into Morning Drive, ESPN 1025, the game. Nick Braden, D Mace, and Marquise. Typically on a Tuesday at 6 30, we welcome in Floyd Reese. Floyd will join us later in the show this morning. So we'll talk to him around 8 15. Also, Chris Mason, Preds TV analyst, coming up at 9 30. 
this morning. So yesterday, Mike Vrabel, day after postgame press conference, addressing the media, obviously taking all sorts of questions and giving only the answers that Mike Vrabel can give. Let's get to this, because I thought Vrabel was completely out of line in Ooh. his in his response to our very own uh, Jared Stillman. Take a listen. Here's Stillman asking a question to Titans head coach Mike Vrabel. Marcus has been to a Pro Bowl. He's been to the playoffs before you were hired. Since you've been hired, he's regressed to this point. Why? I guess I'm just not a very good coach, Jared. There you go. Now He didn't say anything else after that? Nope. (laughs) He just looked around and like, next question. Vrabel is completely out of line there with that response. To me... Vrabel is showing a level of looking down upon the media, looking down upon the fan. It, 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 I get the sense he's got this Patriots arrogance to him. Like, Dimes, you always say, when you have skins on the wall, uh-huh. you can get away with more. Like, Mike Vrabel's got three skins on the wall as a player. Mm-hmm. He don't have a damn thing as a head coach. And I just think that answer, when you are struggling, whether you like the question the way it was worded or not, you need to take the darts that are being thrown at you and give somebody an Like, I guess I'm not a good coach, Jared. I mean, he... I don't know. That, that rubs me the wrong way. I can and I'm see, not a hardcore I see, journalist I guy. I can see both sides of it. But he doesn't have an answer. He doesn't. That's the problem. He just he doesn't have an answer. He de- They've... We've said this. But we agree. Fair question, though? No, no. It's 100% a, it's a fair, fair question. question. I'm not saying that it was a bad question. It's a fair question, but... He, he was fair in how he answered it. He doesn't have an answer. I mean, it, would he? I think it would have been more of new, more of a of a clickbait thing if he would have said, "Well, I don't have an answer. I, I don't know what to tell but you." But you know what it would have been? The truth. It would have been honest. But here's the thing: we've said that for the last couple of years, even before um, um, Coach got here, Mike got here, uh, Mike Vrabel, we said. You know, Marcus is. We got to get Marcus weapons. We got to get an offensive line in front of him. We get him some weapons. He'll be a lot better. Um, well, that's what they did. They went out and they invested. Now we can debate on whether those investments were the right investments, but mm. they went out and they mm. invested in offensive line. They invested in wide receiver. They invest, invested in running back, tight end. They did everything they could possibly do as a GM and a head coach to put this quarterback in the right position to succeed as far as personnel-wise. I'm just saying personnel-wise. They went out and got him two really good receivers. He got a damn good tight end. We thought that this offensive line was good. Well, they were at one point, but now they're not. They're playing bad right now. Right now, and he's looking like, what more can we do? We asked him to work on his footwork and his and his base and everything, and he this is what he did, and this is the story coming back a few years ago. We've done everything we could possibly do to make this guy a better player, and he's just not getting better. He's regressing, so to speak. So I don't. Maybe I'm not a good coach. Maybe we're not coach. Maybe we're not good coaches because yeah, he doesn't want to say. <laughs> Damn, Marcus just—he's just not that good. Because he knows he's it's just a too. average player. That's well, what he is. Could, yeah, could, I'm not couldn't he that. just give? I, I think he. I think the offensive line is such a huge problem, and he and Mike John Robinson are responsible for that. Couldn't like, he just give a stock answer though? Oh, you know, sure. offensive line issues. We've changed coordinators. Marcus has so, been hit a lot. He's not healthy. Yeah, I mean, he could give. He could give all that answer. Now the problem is, this wasn't the only answer like this, right? He gave answers in post game where I, I can't remember who asked it, but he's asked like. 
hey, you know, why aren't you? Why aren't, what's wrong with the offense? Why aren't we scoring more points? And his answer is, well, we didn't cross the goal line and we didn't make make kicks. Like he's just being a smartass for for mm-hmm. for for the reason of being snarky and and like. And I think you're right. It's because he doesn't have the answers, but not because of like Marcus's fault or the player's fault or whatever. I think it's because it's his job to have the answers as the head coach, and he doesn't know how to fix the problem. And that is the issue. The The issue isn't like the, like Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota. We can debate that for a thousand years, round and round and round. We, we can debate, you know, I, I think if you gave me Derrick Henry – Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, Delaney Walker, and A.J. Brown, those five. And maybe throw in Deion Lewis, those six. And I put those with Andy Reid or Bill Belichick or Doug Peterson, I think they'd be pretty damn good players. And and so to me, the offensive line is this huge problem. But he gave he gave worthless answers, snarky, smart-ass answers to every almost every question after the, after the game. And then again yesterday. And, and there's just – you – have to be smarter than that as a head coach and have answers prepared. You, you, whether it's stock or written or Belichickian or whatever, you have to have an answer prepared. Well, that was a Belichickian answer. I mean, <laughs> it was. Yeah, but you know what, though? That's, guys that's guys like Belichick but... and guys like Saban, they can get away with being a smartass yeah. because they've won, and they've won at the highest level, and they do it over and over. Mike Vrabel right now is a 500-coach lifetime in the NFL. He's 11-11 in 22 Cause, games. Because you know what I want to do when I hear Mike Vrabel give Jared that answer? I want to take him at face value. I want to say, yeah, Mike, maybe you're not. That's what it leads me to do. Because a smart coach, a really good coach, is going to have a nuanced, complicated answer to that question, right? A smart coach is going to have a smart answer to that question. A coach who doesn't know what the hell he's doing might answer it like that. And if you're not careful, Vrabel, I might take you at your word. I might just say, mm, maybe you're not a very good coach, dude. Well, because you, you, you can't mentioned even, this. You can't even yeah. give me an answer to why your quarterback has regressed. You mentioned this before about him you know, challenging certain things and having the impulse of a player. That came off as a player giving a snarky response to a media reporter in front of his locker that he didn't want to hear. And if you think about it now, you know, I think we were all in agreement that Mike Vrabel was a pretty good coach for everything he dealt with last year. Yes. Now all of a sudden, yes. three terrible in-game decisions in the first five, six weeks of the season, the way he answers questions now, and the fact that he maybe doesn't have the solution, that, all of a sudden it's like... Do we have a head coach here in the NFL? That, that's the bigger issue for me. It, it's it's one thing to be snarky in a press conference. That 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 is, like I'll take snarky in a press conference if you're winning games, right? Like sure. I, don't, I don't care. It, it it's fine. It's unprofessional, but who cares? As long as you're winning games, the, the problem is, is he doesn't have any, he doesn't have the actual answers that that all of us want from him about his football team because they showed up in Denver completely unprepared to play. That, that's the problem. But you know what? I, I can live with him not giving the answer at the press conference if, in fact, behind closed doors, behind the scenes, during film and practice, and then on Sunday, when they put it all on the line, their answers are on the field. If you find the answers doing right. your job, great. But when you don't do it on the field well, well, and you don't have the answer at a press conference, that's a double whammy. Well, here, here's the thing. It may be, it just maybe he is doing all that behind the scenes. And the guys are just not getting it done. I've always said if if – if if they go out and execute the way they're supposed to execute, then Arthur Smith and Mike Vrabel look like geniuses. Geniuses. If they don't, then they look like incompetent, you know, fools out there. So basically, and, it's the floor. And 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 we say they don't know how to coach. They don't know how to do this. They don't know how to do that. 
it, this this all works hand in hand. No question. The I what I expect from Vrabel is to be a motivator, to be a CEO. That's what I expect. I don't expect him to be an X's and O's guys, even though he has been certainly a defensive. Not an, certainly not an yeah, offense. He mm-hmm. has been a defensive coordinator, and he's he was a linebacker's coach. I get that. But I don't expect my head coach. Now, there are some that can do it, but I don't expect my head coach to be this X's and O's guy. Not with Dean Pease. I, bet, I expect him, even, you know, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, John Harbaugh. Well, Jim. John, no, John, John. John. I get it mixed up. Even John Harbaugh, he was a special teams guy. But you know what? He was a good CEO. He didn't He didn't try to go in here and do, you know, ex- he might comment on a few things and say, well, can we try this? But what he did was he was a CEO of the team. He made sure we were ready to go, made sure everything was done prior during that week to make sure we were ready to go. That's all I'm looking for Mike Vrabel to be. Now, yes, he is the head coach. Yes, there are answers he needs to give. But maybe he should put Arthur Smith up there and mm. let Arthur Smith answer those questions. <laughs> I don't know questions. if you want to do that. Or maybe, you know, Dean Pease, <laughs> put him up there. But they're so, you know, they, they they protect the coordinator so much, and they don't need protecting. They're grown men. They, Dean Pease certainly doesn't. Yeah. Arthur Smith they, maybe. They, you know, these head coaches, some of these head coaches, they protect the, 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 the uh, assistant coaches so much where, you know, I would rather hear from Arthur Smith why this thing is not working than yeah. to hear no, from you're, the head coach. You're, you're, you're right I, about that. Yeah, he's not calling the plays. Yeah. He, I mean, he knows offenses because he had to go. He had the game plan against him, but. I'm trusting. It's not his scheme. Yeah, I'm trusting that Arthur Smith knows the answers. So I'm. You need answer why Marcus isn't getting any better. No, and I I agree. I don't. Expect but as a him. leader, he has to do. He has right. to stand that, up in front of everybody. That's the double edged sword. That's why you make millions of dollars, right? Yeah. Like you make millions of dollars because listen, you're you're a defensive guy. Dean, we all trust Dean Pease. Also, the defense has played great, so you don't need to answer any questions about the defense. So, you know, Dean Pease is doing a great job, but the offense is worthy of being asked all these questions of, and and you look sort of bad if you throw. Arthur Smith out there as a sacrificial lamb to answer all these questions. You look sort of bad as a CEO. So guess what? Heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? And you've got to go out there and answer questions correctly, not be just a smart-ass to everybody who asks you questions about mm-hmm. why your offense is struggling. Give us real, actual answers. And I think the actual problem is, is he doesn't have any. And you know whose job it is to have answers? Mike Vrabel. And he doesn't have any answers right now. And... I, that's not a good place to be if you're a Titans fan. 615-737-1025. Titans fans, if you want to jump in on the Vrabel conversation, 737-1025. We will come back and hear more from Mike Vrabel, including the decision to announce a starting quarterback at some point today, and then the total disaster that was Titans social media and one player responding on social media. Back after this on Morning Drive. Who's your starting quarterback on Sunday? And if you don't know who that is yet, how quickly do you want to make that decision? Well, I think that decision will be made um, this evening and tomorrow, and then we'll let uh, we'll let everybody know. We'll let the the players involved know, let the team know, um, and then let you guys know. That was Teresa Walker, who covers the Titans for the Associated Press, asking Mike Vrabel yesterday who will be the starting quarterback this upcoming week. For the Chargers game as the Titans welcome in the 2-4 and four Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, and we'll get that answer. Obviously, we didn't get it last night. We'll probably get it at some point today. 
But the conversation is what transpired yesterday after that press conference because the Tennessee Titans official Twitter account tweeted out, uh, Titans to decide between quarterbacks Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. Decision coming in the next 24 hours. They put up a link to the story, picture uh, a split-screen graphic of Marcus and Tannehill, which I, I, I find very odd, and I never really commented on it on Twitter, but I did see it. And then I saw in the replies Delaney Walker, of all people, replies to the Tennessee Titans Twitter, and he says, LMAO, why would you post that? Hmm. And you wonder why the fan act the way they do. He's completely right. By the he, way, is it still up? Yeah, Yes, I, I believe so. Still up. It, he is completely 100% right. You made this thing act as if, you know, it's dun-dun-dun-dun, Marcus against Tannehill. Dun, 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 dun. And, and, and when it's not that way, um, did they take it down? I'm, I'm looking for it right now. I knew I, I saw it yesterday. Because uh-huh. I checked last night to see I if they had taken it too. down because there were a lot of – they got a lot of backlash. Um, I even tweeted about it. Like, seriously, I love this franchise. Um, oh, wait, th- wait. This is a franchise wait, that – Wait, there it is. It's still up. It's 16 so. hours ago. That Titans to decide between quarterbacks Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill. Decision in next twenty four hours. It's, it's, with a with a very dramatic picture of both of them in the same photo. It's like a main it's, event picture. Yeah, I'm that's like, what I'm yes. saying. It's like you're pitting two it's guys. Promotional material. It's like you're pitting two guys to, uh, against one another. And listen, you could put the tweet up there. You know, Vrabel will decide on quarterback. But then don't put the picture up there as if it's Marcus versus Tannehill. Because what you do now is. Now you call the divide between the fans. They're going to start picking guys. Even the players are going to start looking and saying, you know what, who would I rather have at quarterback? Then you start to – it becomes Marcus versus Ryan, and it shouldn't be that way. It should be us versus them, meaning the team versus whoever else is coming to Nissan Stadium. (laughs) Yes, it shouldn't be Marcus versus versus Ryan, and that's what it's ending up um, looking like. And I just – I think it was bad by, by Titans PR. Um, by their social media, um, whoever runs their social media, I don't know who it is. I'm not saying that they're bad people because they're not. They work very hard, but this was a bad move. And when you have one of your players coming out and say, "Why do you think the fans act the way they act?" Because now you're pitting one guy right. against the other. It might have been harmless to you, but I guarantee you, Marcus and Ryan are looking at it like seriously, well, and they yeah. will never say anything. No, it's it's so again. Let's put ourselves in Titans PR shoes and try to come up with what's the strategy here. You're, the There's three, no strategy. The, the three of us are sitting in a meeting, and you're saying, "All right, well, well we've got this thing that's going to happen. Let's call attention to it because we want to gain some publicity and maybe get some run out of this." And all right, we're gonna okay. You know what? Okay, fine, fine. Bad publicity is still better than no publicity. Okay, fine. Let's do that. And so they decide to do it, and they post the tweet. And then their star player, outside of Lawan, the most vocal player in, in the entire locker room, one of the most veteran players in the entire locker room, says, you know, laughing my head off, why would you post this? And you wonder why the fans act that way. And Delaney Walker's response. And, and so this reeks, to me, it reeks of desperation because you are begging people to pay attention to you is what you're doing. You're, you're begging – like – you could just put a quote out there that says Mike Vrabel to decide starting quarterback on the first, Tuesday. What they put the first all they need to do. Was, was perfect. You don't then need to put the picture as if it's a boxing Well, it's match. a link to a story, too. Like, it's a link to— and, and Delaney's been in this league since 2006. Do you think he's at a point now where he's like, I'd just love to get the hell out of here? He He's probably, yeah, because he's probably looking at a franchise that is— 
is is going in going in the opposite direction or or there to stand still right now. Um, and you know he knows he doesn't have that many years left to play, and he wants to play for any and he thought this team and I'm pretty sure he still thinks this team is capable of winning games, but he's at a point now where it's like man, let's stop doing things that are shooting ourselves in the foot or that are making this organization look bad. And that was something yeah. that made the organization look bad. It's Ryan versus Marcus, and it's not – it shouldn't it, be that way. But that's the way you are presenting it to and everybody. It, and, it, and, and, and for what purpose? I don't know. For, for likes? Possibly, for, for clicks? Yeah. Like what is it that you're trying to gain, right? You're trying to gain publicity out of this? You're trying to gain attention? If you're the Titans, like you're trying to gain you're, – you're literally doing this for clicks, right? Like you're, you're putting a graphic together with the two quarterbacks and you're pitting them together against each other in this dramatic photo and all this stuff. And again, it's also not that – we, we got to also understand that Twitter's not real life and it's just sort of – sometimes people do stupid things on Twitter that, that don't work as well as they thought when they came up with the idea, right? Like they, but somebody even, probably sat in a room and thought, oh, this is a really smart idea. Even, we're going to get some publicity even out of this. With that, you, and, we're, and we're sitting here talking about you're it. Right. So. But even with that <laughs> – are we when, taking the bait? when you know whether it was Mac and Neil in the website, it was never you know Mac versus. They never had a picture of Mac and Neil. You know who's going to be the starter? Never. And I'm pretty they didn't sure post that on MySpace. No, they didn't. Okay. They didn't even post it on their website. MySpace. And I'm pretty sure in Philadelphia when when that whole thing was going on with Donovan Nab and whoever else backups or even you know when they were trying to figure out who the quarterback is when Chip Kelly was there. They never pitted one quarterback against the other. They met, the, the the organization never made it seem like, okay, this quarterback, we're choosing between these two quarterbacks. Dun, 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 dun. I've never seen an organization, and that's why. Well, you mentioned during the break about Kyle Allen and Cam Newton yeah, with Carolina. You don't see, and, and, and Cam is supposed to be ready next by next week, I believe, or the week after. After the bye. You don't see Carolina pitting one player against the other. Oh, who's going to start? Um, head coach will make a um, – Rivera will make a decision. Cam Newton or Kyle Allen. Dun, 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 dun. And it's just disheartening to see that the Tennessee Titans, their social media wing, decided to go down this route. They're not bad people. They work hard at their job. But maybe just maybe this time wasn't the right time because now what you've done – is pitted one player against the other. And these two guys don't deserve it. They don't. Yeah, I agree with that. 737-1025, the number. 615-737-1025. We'll talk to Floyd Reese coming up at 815. But when we come back, we'll get to a little college football. We were unable to get to all the stuff from the weekend yesterday. We will do so coming up next. We got the good with the Vols. We got the bad with Vandy. Stay there. It's Morning Drive. We're back after this on ESPN 1025 The Game.